Daniel Jones has not only a strained hamstring, but a sprained left ankle. There's no way he plays, right? We examine DJ's injury status, the Giants with Colt McCoy at quarterback, revisit the Odell Beckham Jr. trade, and preview the primetime Giants-Browns game. We also hear from you, the listeners, as we play your voicemails in You've Got Mail. All that and more next on a Colt McCoy Please Save the Giants season edition of Blue Rush from the New York Post. Welcome to Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast. From the New York Post, subscribe to Blue Rush wherever you get your bloody podcast. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon. Give us the five-star rating. Write in a nice review. We appreciate all your support. We're going guest-free, which means it's all of us. It's the whole gang and you, the listeners, as we hear your voicemails later in the show and you got mail. Follow the whole crew on Twitter to stay up to date on the show. That's LT4Kicks. That's NY Post underscore Schwartz. That's Sarah McCrory with two H's, I always forget to say, and me at Jake Brown Radio. Follow the gang. Happy Hanukkah to me, to Paul Schwartz, to all the fellow Jewish people out there. We got a couple of nights left. The snowstorm has hit us, guys, and Sarah makes fun of me saying I'm the Grinch who stole Christmas over here because I hate snow. Paul, are you a, are you a snowblower guy? What are your thoughts on this snowstorm that's hit us? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't know how uh, personal we're getting today, huh? Am I a snowblower guy? I, I, um, well, I, I live in the suburbs. I am not a slow bo- snowblower guy. I'm a guy whose back hurts because he has to shovel. So um, mm. um, I don't hate snow. In the pandemic, I don't have to drive a lot in it. But um, check with me uh, in about 24 hours when I'm shoveling, shoveling a foot and my back is hurting. I might be a little bit of the uh, Sarah Grinch there. Well, yeah. Sarah puts hard eyes when it's 30 degrees and snow. What is, I don't get why. Tell me, Sarah. Jake, Jake, you and I are both Aquarius. We were both born in February. I love the snow. I love the rain. I love the cold. Just because I was born in February. That's, that's it. Paul, you got to use your, you got to use your legs when you're shoveling. That'll <laughs> you on the back. Don't, uh, don't bend at the waist. I, I understand that, but eventually I'd squat down. Eventually you have to take the snow. Athletic um, position. Let's yeah, go. I, I understand. Use I, the core. Is there snow in Kansas city, Tynesy? Oh, not yet, but we get tons. Yeah. We get all of it. We get 105 and we get minus 20. And, but and, I'm, a and how much, I'm a Florida guy. I and, hate it. And you pay someone to shovel your snow, right? Not at all. Yeah, no way. I love doing it. Really? My wife, me, my wife, and the two boys. Yeah. Boys? Yep. Okay. You know, in the neighborhood here, it's kind of like, what is it? Like you're competing with the Joneses. I want to be the first one to get my driveway done. I know that sounds corny, but I just want to be the first driveway cleaned. And our fa- our house faces south, so I never get any ice on the driveway. I don't mind it. Actually, I don't mind a little manual labor. I mind when it's 12 inches and it's uh, yeah, that's, that's and it's just awful and freezing. But uh, Aquarii I disagree on here in, in me and Were Sam. Were you planning to go anywhere anyways? No, I mean, tomorrow? this year it's different. I'm saying this year we're trapped inside anyway, so I'm ordering on Grubhub <laughs> and I'm ordering in. But a, no- a normal year, it, it ruins things. It ruins the roads. You know, you can't go to work. Uh, this year is different. And listen, that's the least of our troubles. We're all blessed. And, you know, you can get hurt shoveling and snow blowing. 
Kind of like Daniel Jones. Boom, transitions. Mm. Daniel Jones mm. is now strained right hamstring and a sprained left ankle. As we dive in the paper, we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't start at quarterback. Daniel Jones sucked on Sunday. He's got both injuries now, two legs. Let's start with you, Paul. Are we going to see Colt McCoy starting for the Giants on Sunday? You know, I thought that you might see Colt McCoy anyway. And this was, look, you saw Daniel Jones at the end of that game and he was limping and it, it was not limping on his right leg. He looked like he was limping on his left leg. And that's because he turned his ankle. It's not a high ankle sprain. It's a low ankle sprain. He did it midway through the game. It was on a hit in the pocket, he said. And you know, he was asked today, Daniel Jones was very grumpy. He was very grumpy on his Zoom on Wednesday, which is not, and a little, a little, he, he bristled a little bit at some of the questions because I can mm-hmm. tell he is feeling a lot of pressure to play. I don't know if he knows, thinks he can play. He said, because the natural question is, right, Lawrence, you know this, an athlete can't move. So were you a sitting duck back there? Is that why you hurt your ankle because you couldn't move because of your right hamstring and he said the play I got hit it had nothing to do with my hamstring I don't think it had any effect at all I'm not sure about that I don't think if you have two leg issues you can play on Sunday that's my take no and I don't I don't think he is going to play I could tell I watched the interview today I saw a very subdued Daniel Jones who did not look like he was going to play just reading body language so he's going to say all the right things just to keep the Cleveland Browns at bay but I think we're going to see Colt McCoy again, folks, and I actually don't think it's a bad thing. After how Daniel Jones played last week, I really don't. I mean, he can move. We can get a game plan for him. You know, who's after him? My God, what if he gets hurt? This team is very good on defense, so I think we see Colt McCoy. Um, kind of sticking with the Daniel Jones injuries now that both of his legs are injured. Do you guys think he's kind of playing up this hero thing? He's trying a little too hard to be the hero. Listen, he needs to start taking ownership of Daniel Jones, Inc. And I said that on my time stake last week. You are responsible for what you put out there on the field. So if you think you're hurt and you go out there and play like crap, nobody feels sorry for you. They just don't. It's This is big boy football. Nobody cares. If you put a, a suit on with a helmet, you're expected to go play well. I I get that he wants to play and he feels the pressure to go play. But if you you can't help your football team, and clearly last week he was not able to help this football team, then you don't play. It's a hard pill to swallow because you're competitive and you want to go play. But to be honest with you, we would have been better off with Colt McCoy last week. I don't know what that would have looked like, but I just think we would have been better off, probably still would have lost. But who knows? I just think you need to put your team in the best position to win and that looks like it's going to be with Colt McCoy this week. You know, Sarah, I don't think necessarily Daniel Jones is looking at himself in the mirror and saying, I got to be the hero. I got to be Superman. But last year when he had to miss those two games with the high ankle sprain and Eli Manning had to come back and play, Daniel looked crestfallen because it was like, this is my team and I'm supposed to be out there. He said today, my job is to play. My job is to prepare to play when I can play and I think I can play. But what I don't like, Lawrence, I don't like there's a disconnect. Joe Judge keeps saying, look, we can't go by what Daniel tells us. We have to go by what we see because we don't trust Daniel because he's going to always tell us he feels good. In the game, he turned his ankle and he didn't tell anybody. He didn't come and say, oh, my ankle hurts. And this is what Joe Judge said about this. And you can say it's commendable. I don't think it's commendable. He said, Daniel's a tough, tough competitor. 
He's not going to be very early to tell you what that he just has a boo-boo. It takes something serious for him to open up and give us the information we need. And this is what else would he said. He said, Daniel's optimistic, but I'm going to tell you right now, if his left arm was attached by a rubber band, he'd tell us he'd figure out a way to get it done. I, I'm, I, I'm not feeling that because that's, you need to communicate. It's not one guy playing tennis against the other guy. You know, I can't play. He has a responsibility to his team and he can't be a martyr. If you don't think you can help us, Daniel, you have to tell us that. I think Daniel has to kind of get out of himself a little bit and no one's going to look at him and say, you're a wimp, right? No one's going to say you're a wimp if you can't play. They know he's not a wimp. You said it perfectly. He has a responsibility to the team to let them know if he can go out there and compete. And if you can't, you can't play. I mean, that's just... That's what makes Eli Manning's streak so unbelievable when you think about this right now. But Daniel plays a little bit of a different brand of football with mobility. So, And Daniel's not good enough right now to read defenses and kind of sit in the pocket and make plays all day, all game long. He has to rely on movement. So maybe we go to the original red rifle, Jason Garrett. Maybe we pull him out, throw the 17 on him, and let him spin it. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to get out of uh, people's <laughs> rush a lot. I, I remember Jason Garrett playing, and uh, I don't think we want to revisit that anytime soon. Well, guys, I'd rather have a Colt McCoy throwing and running over a Daniel Jones just throwing any day of the week for sure with the Giants taking on the Browns this week it's a good time to revisit the Odell Beckham Jr. trade the controversial receiver has been sitting out sitting out excuse me Uh, that was not done purposely and that will not be edited with a torn ACL after playing seven games in his second season in Cleveland Big Blue traded OBJ for safety Jabril Peppers a first-round pick, which turned out to be Dexter Lawrence, and a third-round pick, which turned out to be O'Shane Zimenez. Tynesy, since I know how much you adore Odell, we'll start with you. It sure looks like the G-Men won this one in a landslide. Absolute landslide. Not even close. We see how good Cleveland's playing without him. That's no secret as to why. Okay, they don't have to worry about the antics. I may catch some heat with this. I don't care. I am all about team football, and he wasn't. So... The Giants clearly won this trade in a landslide, and we are reaping the benefits. We have two, three outstanding young football players to one. And listen, I hope Odell gets healthy and comes back, but he hasn't done much in Cleveland except make a couple gripes and kind of what he did in New York. So uber talented, but again, that players like him that want to make it about them all the time, they don't really win championships. They don't win. They're, they're not about the team. So I... Clearly, the Giants won this trade. We do have to be fair here, Lawrence. I don't think you can call O'Shane Zimenez yet. You know, we don't know what he is. He had four and a half sacks as a rookie. Uh, This year, he did nothing early in the season. Then he hurt his shoulder. Now he's on IR. So, you know, he could be a third-round pick. He was the 95th overall pick. He was very late in the third round, okay? Um, Okay. we, We don't know what he is. Now, we know what Dexter Lawrence is. He is a solid starting defensive tackle. He's young. He's massive. He's a great guy. They love him in the locker room. The coaches love him. So he is either going to be good. He is also sexy. He's a big man. Yes. He's (laughs) a big, big man. He's a great young man too. He's terrific. Uh, One of the things that is unfortunate about the zoom stuff is he's a great guy to BS with in the locker room. Talk about Clemson. He gives it to his teammates. He gives it, you know, who played for other schools. You don't get that this year, but he, he, so he's a good, a good player who might trend even higher than that. 
Jabril Peppers was not great in two years in Cleveland. He was okay last year. Jabril Peppers needs a smart coaching staff that can take advantage of his versatility. Bingo, that's what he has this year. He's playing the best of his career. So to be fair, I wrote a large story in the New York Post about this in Wednesday's paper on uh, still on um, uh, on our website that to be fair, no one could see that Odell was going to get hurt, really hurt. He played with a abdomen and groin issues last year played the whole season, then got surgery. This year, after a few games, what, six games, tears his ACL. That's his third major surgery because he had a fractured ankle with the Giants. So um, the Giants were concerned. He's such a finely tuned – he's like a racehorse. He's so such a finely tuned athlete, very, very aware of every sinew in his body. And they were wondering later in his career if he would break down. He broke down in the middle age of his career. Yeah. Listen, give me Odell without the antics, and I don't think there's a finer player in the league, but the antics come with Odell. So I just hope he gets healthy. I think he is fun to watch. Listen, I enjoy watching him, but the Giants are fine without him. Well, interesting because in Cleveland, you know, they did not, they were not a winning team last year with Odell, not all his fault. This year, I think they were four and two when Odell got hurt. Offense was kind of stagnant. Offense and Baker Mayfield are playing better. They're leaning more on the run. And this is what um, Greg McElroy, the former NFL quarterback, now he's an ESPN guy. He said earlier this year, Baker Mayfield's a better player when he's not having to talk Odell Beckham off the ledge, trying to get him his looks and his touches. So I think I think there's something to that. And, and I, a respected coach that I know with the Giants told me once, and he liked Odell. He said, when Odell Beckham is on your team, your offense will never function the way you want it to. And this, this is a guy who thought he was a great player, but – it just won't function the way you want it to because subliminally or not, the quarterback is going to think, I need to make Odell happy. We're doing okay. I need to get him a touch. Odell will subliminally or otherwise make it known that he wants the ball. So, yeah, I mean, Odell got hurt, so it kind of messes up the whole evaluation of this. But um, it's part of it, right? If you're not available, it doesn't matter. Do you know I had no idea that Greg McElroy was ever in the NFL? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really didn't. You really? just said NFL yeah, backup, backup no Jets clue. quarterback. I think yeah. he's, I think he's outstanding on TV. Yeah, I like I mean, him a lot. He didn't have a long illustrious career, but he was. I'm sure he made a lot more money than three of us on this podcast. Um, you can imagine <laughs> who else. Three of us. Um, uh, someone named uh, Jake. Who was he with? What, Sarah. what what NFL team was he with? Macro was Jets. He was Jets backup. He started he like one backup, or two games, yeah. I think. He started oh, wow. at some point. Yeah. It's always these He's backup quarterbacks. TV. You see like Dan Orlovsky too, one of the worst quarterbacks of all time. Oh. Is like this big analyst now on ESPN. He's it's a amazing. Carson Wentz lover Ugh. too. I called him out on that two years ago on Twitter. He knows where I'm at. On the Odell front, and, and Tynes, you always talk about this. There's a lot of Giants fans that like miss him, that like him, and I, I don't really understand Stupid. why. It's just silly. It's like the, the scorned lover that la- you know they that broke up with them and that laughed and the the one Sarah's smirking because her background on her on her old, old computer is still Odell Beckham. That's fine. Listen, <laughs> okay, that's from like four years ago. Okay, people are gonna say I hate him. I don't hate him. When I'm out and I see him at the NFLPA parties and in in Super Bowls, I hang out with him. I talk to him. But I just think he's just not a good fit for a team sport. I'm sorry, he just doesn't fit. To be fair, though, and you say why do Giants fans? miss him first of all he was an electric player for the giants absolutely his first three years he made three pro bowls he probably will never make another one because of his injuries but the giants have not replaced him they have no dynamic offensive playmaker one of their major needs moving forward is a playmaking big physical fast 
receiver. They have yeah. very little team speed. So before we say, well, why do you miss Odell? You know why? Well, that too. When you throw a 20-yard slant to Odell and he takes it the other 50 yards, they haven't come close to that kind of production from anybody, anybody. And so, that's on Dave they, Gettleman this offseason because there's a lot of big free agent wide receivers out there. Juju, Galladay, uh, Godwin. There's a lot of guys, and the Giants have to get one of them, in my opinion. Yeah, the draft is loaded. Every year we're seeing more and more receivers polished, ready to play. Jefferson and Minnesota. I mean, there's a lot of good players coming out of college. So, Okay, let's dive further into this Browns-Giants matchup, which will be in primetime Sunday from MetLife Stadium. The Browns are coming off a heartbreaking 47-42 loss on Monday in the NFL Game of the Year. At 5-8 and eight and the season slipping away, this is a must-win game if the Giants still want a shot to win the NFC East. So let's break down the game, and I'm going to try and make a less embarrassing prediction. <laughs> <this week. laughs> you know, that was an amazing game to watch. And, and as I'm watching that game, I'm thinking to myself, every time, you know, it was like a pinball machine. And every time one team scored, and look, the, the Giants have to play the Browns, then they have to play the Ravens. So, so you kind of get, you know, two for one watching that game for the next two weeks. And points, points, touchdown, rushing touchdown, rushing touchdown, rushing touchdown. And I'm watching and thinking, how are the Giants going to keep up with these teams? Because the Giants can't score. I mean, the Giants, with Daniel Jones playing well, get, you know, 20 points a game. We've talked about this over and over. So they have to dumb down the game, slow it down. Uh, there's a lot of things in this game. I mean, I'll point to one. Lawrence, you'll point to something, I'm sure. Miles Garrett, okay? The guy is, I mean, he looks like a different type of human being. You know, the, the, this, yeah. you know, the past rushes all look like monsters. He looks like Monsters, Inc. You know, he's like the, the head of the monster. And yeah. Ten and a half sacks, four forced fumbles. He's going to be on the right side a lot. Andrew Thomas is not coming off a good game. He, you know, he, he's been playing better. He did not play well last week against the Cardinals. So to me, you have to have a major answer for him and, um, you know, I don't know whether it's a tight end, whether it's two tight ends, whether it's three tight ends. Uh, that's a big issue, whether it's Colt McCoy or Daniel Jones or Phil Sims or Eli Manning. They're going to have to deal with Miles Garrett. Mm. Yeah, this is a dangerous team because for me, they they do both well. They throw it and they run it. And they've got Chubb, who is, is a monster. I mean, that guy is a five-yard to carry machine. And then our old friend Vernon, I mean, he's played well lately. I mean, they, they've got two edge rushers that can get after the quarterback, and we just can't score points. I think we got to go one-on-one one in these next two. I don't, there's no way they're winning this football game, I don't think. There's just too much offense and defense from the Browns. The Browns are very underrated on the national landscape. So I would say, you know, Browns 24, Giants 10. The Giants have been a little leaky with their run defense lately, you know, and, and that that's a problem. Now you have Nick Chubb, you set a five-yard a carry guy, 5.9, almost, almost six. You know, yeah. Kareem Hunt, 4.4. Lawrence, you remember, I think the last time one team had 2,000-yard rushers, right? Yeah. You, you were on that team, right? I was, yeah. yeah Brandon uh, and, uh, and Derek uh, Ward. Derek Ward. Yep, yep, yep. And that's the last time. What, 2008 was that? Yeah. I think that's the last time. These guys can do it. Chubb has 881. Kareem Hunt, 772. Uh, the Giants yeah. could put a dent in that, but that is, you know, they are a running team first. They run the ball really well. And and uh, Dave DiGuglielmo, <laughs> the offensive line coach, right? Sarah, did I say that Dude. correctly? Dude. I think so. <laughs> okay, very good. Uh, you know, he said, um, he apologized. We talked to him this week. He apologized to the Giants fans and Daniel Jones for the way the offensive line played last week. Mm. Eight sacks. And he said, we had big problems. Lawrence, explain 
to the listeners what a TE stunt is, the tackle and stunt. So it's basically they both engage with the 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 lineman across from them, and then they just kind of cross each other's path. So one the, the edge guy will come back inside. The inside tackle will loop back to the outside. And for whatever the hell the reason is this year, that has given us fits dating back to the first Philly game is where I really noticed it. When Lemieux came in, though, it settled down a little bit. It felt like Thomas and Lemieux were passing it off better than – but I think that's the side he's concerned about. I think um, Fleming, Zeitler, they do a much better job on that side of the line. So it's been a problem all year, and really it's elementary football. That's what's so concerning. I mean, it's the most generic rush a defensive line would do against an offensive line. So – and, you know, on the flip side of that, we didn't talk much about it. Cleveland's offensive line is outstanding. Yes, that's why they run so well. Yeah. Uh, you know you know what uh, Googe, uh, De Guglielmo was saying? The problem is with the Cardinals is that they did the TE stunts. Usually you do it on one side, and now the center can kind of help out over there, right? Nick Gates. Yeah. They were doing it on both sides. Yeah. So Nick Gates didn't know to go left or right. So the Browns saw that. They'll probably do that. Uh, you know, now you have OV, Vernon, like you said, he's got seven sacks, Miles Garrett. If, if we can run the football, though, that takes away the TE stunt because you don't want a guy yeah. moving out of the way from, you know, in the, in the A gap, B gap. So we got to be able to run the ball. And that's probably the only way we're going to be able to get down the field. Yeah. Run the ball, use time of possession. Uh, you know, are you a, I know you're not a Carson Wentz guy. I get that. Were you and are you a Baker Mayfield guy? Because he is a very polarizing quarterback. Yeah, he is. I, I, I love his competitive spirit. I mean, I think he's a good player. I think he can have a stinker, right? I think that maybe this defense can, could confuse him. You know, we're going to have to rely on Coach Graham to come up with a good plan here, and we can slow him down, maybe. But I think they're just going to line up and run the football. I mean, I think that's going to be play action, bootlegs. I mean, they do – they're so so multifaceted. They do so many things with Baker because he's pretty athletic. I mean, he, he can throw it all over the field. The thing I love about him most is how damn competitive he is. You may not like all his antics, but it's genuine. He's not just doing that for the cameras. Well, hold, well, hold. Hold on. I mean, grabbing his crotch and all that stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. That's well, that's, gen- that's yeah. Genuine. Well, no, I mean that's you, you went somewhere else with it. Paul, you mean you mean when you make a mean chicken parm, you're not grabbing your crotch after you yeah. make that? Come on, Paul. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Remember he went out if Oklahoma. Remember he he ran out to midfield and what he do? He planted something and At I mean, Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's too much. Now he's a competitive guy. You know it what? Is. I think he's been humbled a little bit too. He in the has. NFL. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's he good. Seen you know, a lot of that this yeah, year. I'm not, I'm not damning him to hell. He was a young guy. He didn't kill yeah. anybody. You know, I didn't care for those, some of those antics, but yeah, he, he seems to be a much more mature yeah. guy. And he, he realized, look, I can't come in here and light this league on fire. Although he came into the NFL and is lighting his pocketbooks on fire. Is he in, how many every, commercials is he in? Huh? Oh my God. Every game. Oh, he's every, in at least four or five. Every game. Aggressive commercial. Yeah. That's the one I, it's unbelievable. I mean, I mean, it, 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 look, that infuriates people, right? Can you win something before even commercials? But you know what? Tim he Tebow, can, if, if they're going to pay you for it, more power to you, yeah, right? We just have to hope he has a stinker. And he can. He can have a two, three, four pick game. I mean, he can. So maybe we can confuse him. To redeem myself from last week. Okay, so I really believe in the Giants' defense right now, and I feel like that's what is keeping fans riled up. But the offense not letting the defense get off the field for more than two seconds is an issue, clearly. Um, So hold on to your hats. I'm actually not picking the Giants this week. I'm going 31-20 Browns. 20? Wow. Yeah. Wow, you know, I didn't. I didn't make my pick yet. I was so excited, LT, with the TE stunts. I was so excited to talk. 
crotch grabbing. I, I did crotch grabbing. I didn't even make a pick. I look at this point spread. The Giants are getting three and a half points to the Browns. I mean, yeah, I think it's at five now. Actually, the Browns are five point favorites. Well, yeah, with, it, with it's, it's, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I just I, I don't see. Look, it's Sunday night football. We'll see if they can pick it up on prime time. There's no one in the building again. Obviously, I don't see the Giants staying within four, three, four, five points of the Browns. I just don't see it. I I don't see it. You know, I don't see how no. I don't see how the Giants can score 27 points, and that's probably what you're going to need. So I'm picking something like uh, I don't know, 27, 14, 27, 13, something like that. I just look, score a bunch of points, and then I'll yeah. become a believer. I, I don't see it. It's going to be a stinker for the Giants. Speaking of stinkers, they might have porta potties on the sidelines for this game, and when they play the Ravens uh, for Lamar Jackson. Next week in Baltimore after his uh, incident, even though he it says was it, a cram, he says he a leg cramp. Got I don't an know. IV for a cramp. The Come way on. He, the way he was walking, it looked like he had Chipotle for lunch. But uh, I think <laughs> listen to this. Listen to this. The New York Post, nypost.com. Okay, the lead story. We had a story that said Lamar Jackson denies pooping at halftime. Okay, that was the headline of the story. It was the lead story on our website for. <laughs> hours and hours and hours way over a million clicks on it so you can go on it right now it's going to be way up there so i write my heart out on this odell beckham jr trade analyzing it from all way it gets some nice traction but Lamar Jackson denying he's pooping. Million, I, I can't continue. I was about to say, Paul, you could have went that angle with the Odell. Yeah, I was going to say, you mentioned pooping in Odell. I mean, he was all ears when you when you mentioned that. Listen, the clicks are up for pooping, so our ratings yes. are up because we've I've mentioned pooping about 10 times. I might have to go take one after the show just in honor of the show, but I'm going to take the Browns as well, 27-20. Their run game is so good. And again, that play-action game with Baker. Um, we'll see if there's more Baker commercials or Giants points. Somehow I think they get to 20 in garbage time. Uh, so the Browns cover, guys. Uh, but it should be a go on prime time. We'll be with you Monday morning recording another episode of the show. You've got mail. No guests this week, so it's all about the listeners. We got plenty of voicemails from you guys. We appreciate your Blue Rush support. We got five voicemails to go through right now. So this will replace any interview. And let's let's get it rolling, guys. Let's see what the fans have to say. Here we go. You've got mail. What's up, LT and Blue Rush? This is Brad with the Stadium Drive Podcast from Hey Howard, Georgia. Given the success of Wayne Gauman, who's averaging over four and a half yards per carry this season, and Saquon's injury history, should the Giants deal Barkley for an absolute lion's share in picks and young talent, or would this set the G-Men back further in both the standings and in the locker room with both players and staff? Well, um, I would uh, venture to say this. No one is going to give the Giants a boatload of draft picks for a player coming off an ACL. Saquon will be back. He's a great player when he's healthy. Wayne Gallman's a nice complimentary player. But no, I, I think Saquon is back. He's still pretty cheap labor and he's coming off an ACL. No one wants to see a guy on coming off an ACL and give you know give a lot to it for that. I agree. What's up, Brad? Hey, thanks for listening. Brad has a podcast that I've been on a couple times. He's a huge Giants fan, so shout out to Brad for the question. I'd, I'd echo what Paul said. I think Saquon's going to obviously stay. He's cheap. Wayne Gallman, I think you can keep both, but I think someone's going to lure him away in free agency with a little bit more money, and you go from there. But you know what? We just got to get Saquon healthy and, and see what happens. You've got mail. This is Dan from Washington, D.C., and we're wondering how in the heck does Dave Gamble still have a job given these won 14 games in three years, serving losses. Daniel Jones is underwhelming. Saquon Barkley is a running back. He's injured. We don't have receivers. The list goes on. 
How is he still going to keep his job this year? How is it acceptable? Why have Giants fans accepted this? <laughs> Can I take this one? Please do. All right, Dan. You sound angry. I recommend some beverages when you're watching your Giants play. Dave Gettleman is a very, very good GM. So you may not want to hear that. He's been to eight Super Bowls as an executive or a scout. Not a lot of not a lot of executives or scouts can say that. Dave Gettleman's cleaning up other people's messes. And I think you can see it this year, finally, with the free agents and the draft picks, because everyone's playing from the draft pretty much. And every free agent is contributing to this football team that he knows what he's doing. Daniel Jones. Yes, jury's still out on him. I don't know. I don't know what he is. I don't think any of us do. He's got to show up and, you know, stop getting hurt. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. I know it's part of football, but and he's got to start playing better. But he's got another year. I mean, they're going to let him ride this thing out before I think we start sounding the alarm bells. So that's my answer on Dave Gettleman. Just keep the faith. He knows what he's doing. And I, I know fans, look, you, you point the arrows at the guy. It was, you know, McAdoo. Yeah. Then it was Shermer. It's been Gettleman. It was Jerry Reese before that. Uh, Jerry Reese won two Super Bowls. You know, Gettleman was a part of those teams. Um, I get it. I get emails day in and day out. You're an apologist for Dave Gettleman. Look, I don't hire guys. I don't fire guys. John Mara said it after the season last year. Dave has to do better. He said it, you know, and, and for those people who want him fired, he wasn't fired after last year. OK, they said Dave's coming back, but you need to do better. Joe Judge, don't forget, Joe Judge is a hire of Dave Gettleman and ownership. So if you like Joe Judge, you got to give Gettleman credit for that. And the marching orders were Dave do better. They're doing better. And so I don't see why they fire him now when they didn't fire him last year. And if Dave Gettleman's back, you'll have some pups, some hog mollies, and, of course, another mm-hmm. quarterback. Quarterback. I love when he says quarterback. quarterback. All right, here we go. Third voicemail. You've got mail. My name's Casey. I'm from New York, obviously, and I'm wondering why Jabril Peppers won't answer any of my Instagram DMs. I tweet him. I <laughs> Insta him. It's, like, getting ridiculous. Can you have him answer my DMs, please? Thanks. <laughs> Well, uh, 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 you know what? I would like Sarah to take this one. Sarah, can you take this one for us, please? Oh, oh yeah. my God. I mean, Casey, I respect you shooting your shot. Yeah. Um, I don't know the relationship status of Jabril Peppers, so I don't know if that's why he's not answering. But I, I really respect her going to this length. She called into a podcast to see if we could get him to answer her. So like, what I are think the we, we have to have him on the show. I think we have to address this situation. I think what she should do is like maybe like put like a rap in her DM, like something like a rhyme or something. He's a big rap guy. He's a cousin. I've interviewed him and his cousin who's a rapper. He's really into rap. Maybe like drop some bars for him. Here's a little pointer. Give him like a four liner, a couple rhymes, maybe a Giants reference. Maybe that gets his attention, but it is uh, it is cuffing season, as the kids say these days. So, and, and I just, you know, since Sarah was so good on that, Sarah, I have a question for you. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of something to get for my wife for our anniversary, and I don't want flowers. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Is yeah. this, this is not the right podcast for that? No, I, you got to. You're not like a relationship advisor now, no? Oh, God, not me, no. Can I, can I give Casey some advice? From a how former about, athlete, I'd love to hear. Yeah, Let's go. How about you just try another player? I mean, it's just try someone else. Like if he's I would answer, say go for like a less famous player. Go for <laughs> go for right. Nico, Nico Lelos. Yeah, go for Nico. Yeah, Lelos. go for Nico. <laughs> Nico Lelos. Yeah, smart guy. I, I, I think we need another. I think we need another question here. Come on, Jake. Let's get another question here. <laughs> We're getting in trouble question. with this. Well, one. thank yeah. you, Casey, for the relationship advice. Maybe we'll have Jabril on and then tell him to uh, answer your DM for you. All right, here we go. You've got mail. My name is Eric. I'm calling from Springfield, New Jersey. With the Giants, 
in kind of an in-between spot with possibly making the playoffs and then possibly finishing with a subpar record and finishing out of the playoffs. They're obviously out of the running for a top-tier quarterback, figuring they get a, uh, a draft pick somewhere in the middle of that first round. What position do you see them addressing? Could it be offensive line, uh, another weapon on the outside? Do they still go quarterback if maybe Daniel Jones isn't the guy because he continues to be turnover-prone and who knows his injury situation with how, how much he runs. So I'm just wondering where you see them going in terms of drafting with probably getting a middle of the first round pick. Okay, I'll go first. Eric, thanks for the question. Thanks for listening. The Giants typically go best player available. That's what they tell the world. There's no way in hell they can do that this coming draft. I think you leave quarterback alone for now. I think you have to get an explosive player on offense. The defense is good enough right now. But if there's a can't miss pass rusher there, you got to go wide receiver or you got to go pass rusher. It's obvious every Sunday when we line up and play, this team is not explosive at all on offense. You add in Saquon Barkley, hopefully he comes back healthy with that. Then you've got something. So I would say receiver, then defensive end. I've talked to people in the Giants organization, obviously. They know that their offense lacks speed. They have Darius Slayton and and they have Evan Ingram. I know fans get all hot and bothered about Evan Ingram, but at least he is a threat, okay? He's not what you want all the time, but they know without those two guys, there are no real playmakers when Saquon is not there. So they, they know big wide receiver, as Lawrence said, pass rusher and cornerback. They need cornerbacks, okay? They need... Hey. I like you know. I like him. That's fine. They need cornerbacks. First of all, you need a bunch of them. Darnay Holmes, yes, he's there. He's doing okay. Xavier McKinney is a safety. He can play some nickel corner. Cornerbacks, game-breaking receiver, and obviously pass rusher. Now, if you're in the middle of the pack in the first round, pass rusher is more difficult to get. You've got mail. Hey, guys, this is Sam from Atlanta. My question is, with all the upward momentum that we did have in the big letdown last week, if we lose the Browns, does this become just a huge disappointment of a season, or do we look at the positives and get behind Daniel Jones, the team for next year, or do we start looking for some replacements? I think you have to look at It's a good question, Sam, uh, in Falcon country. I think you have to look at it two ways. The record is what the record is. So if they can win two more games and they get to seven, right, that is a record that most people thought they could not attain. Uh, now you mix in the fact that the division was so lousy that they're in a playoff chase. And after those four losses, that carrot was there. Holy cow, the Giants control their destiny. It will be disappointing if they don't make the playoffs because they almost were there. And we'll look back and say, there was no team in the division with a 500 record. You couldn't even make the playoffs out of that division. So that's that's something if you, if you lose out to Washington, who most people thought the Giants had a better roster then. But uh, I don't. I think it's too soon to say that the Giants would have a disappointing season. A lot of people thought at 0-5 and 1-7, and and this was a 2-3 and or three win team. But the one key thing down the stretch here, and I agree, Sam, that you mentioned Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has to show something in the last month of the season to make Giant fans feel good. Not, as Lawrence said, that they're going to replace him, but you need to feel good about yourself, about your quarterback. So they can't kind of just go two and two, uh, you know, go one and two here, not score a lot of points and have the season just, you know, fritter away with Daniel Jones not playing well. Daniel Jones has got to pick it up the last few games. You win them, you lose them, you'll feel good about yourself. Yeah, I think, you know, I don't think it's a disappointment. I mean, even if we don't make the playoffs and you win, six games six and ten yeah it's an ugly record but new head coach COVID-19 bunch of new faces I don't think it's a disappointment now because we're so close we all think we want to make the playoffs and, and we should maybe 
depending on what Washington's got going on with Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins. So I think that's our opportunity. If, if Dwayne Haskins is a starter, I think we have a shot at this thing. And I think the Dallas game, I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now, is going to be for all the marbles, maybe. Um, in terms of Daniel Jones, I've said it. We need to see more. Everyone does. You know, I, I look at Baker Mayfield in, in year three. Baker Mayfield was not very good last year. He really wasn't. He got a new coach. He got a new plan, a new system, and he's thriving. He's got great players, too. He's got explosive players. Daniel Jones needs more weapons, but he also, Daniel Jones himself, needs to improve his game. Guys, some really good voicemails this week, and, you know, we're going global. We got Georgia, D.C., yeah. New York, New Jersey, Atlanta. We're still waiting from Tunisia, where we were number one in football podcasts at one point. Tunisia. So, uh, we're try- I mean, if, if it charges your roaming bills, you could charge it to Tynes. He'll cover the dollar or cost to <laughs> leave a 30-second message. He could cover that. Uh, if you want to call in every Thursday episode, the deadline is Wednesday. Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. The number is 508-296-8358. You got Giants questions. You got lifestyle questions. You want Paul Schwartz to know about DMing players. He'll give you his advice. Um, you know, Christmas presents, Christmas season's coming. You want some advice for that on next week's show. We got you covered. Thank you to all the Blue Rush listeners for tuning in. That says cheerio to episode 59, the Brian Williams edition of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Sarah McCrory for producing the show. Subscribe to Blue Rush on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your bloody pods. For Polly Schwartz, I'm Lawrence Taines. We jump back into your lugs. You should know what that means by now. On Monday, following the Giants-Browns game. Enjoy the game and stay safe, folks. He's pooping, crotch grabbing.